0: This week's episode contains binaural recordings. Listen with headphones if you can. Sounds cute. Hey there, welcome back to the Sounds Curious Podcast, the podcast for the adventurous listener. As you can hear, we're mixing it up again this week. And the track that's under me right now is from one of my favorite DJs who often spins at a shall remain nameless desert gathering. And this particular desert gathering shall remain nameless because it is relatively off the grid and somewhat close to home. And it took us a really long time to get our act together this week Because we were confronted with the notion that, after weeks of talking about uncanny music, and spectral sound, and haunted field recordings, that if we're going to talk about the gothic, we... we might need to actually talk about gothic music and gothic music subcultures. But of course, because we're Sounds Curious, We take the approach to our gothic subcultures a bit out of left field. Anyway, this favorite DJ is part of a duo called Desert Dwellers, and we will link to their SoundCloud over at the show notes at www.bansheemedia.com. And at first, you might think, now, wait a second. Why are you playing a techno track by the Desert Dwellers to talk about, or even (laughs) worse, to begin a conversation about gothic music and gothic music subcultures? Well, listeners, all of that will become evident later in the show. I'm also going to do something which I never anticipated doing which is actually to attempt to read part of an academic paper that I gave on the subject of desert goths. It actually went over really well. So for those of you who might be afraid of heavy discourse, don't let that bother you. When I get to the paper of just lay back and let the words wash over you. It's more poetry than anything else. But before I get ahead of myself, let's get to the meat of the episode. So today, by way of opening our discussion into identities defined through Gothic representation... And a love of music that has since become known as goth as a genre or a musical subgenre it has a lot of overlaps with popular music in the 1980s, post punk, industrial styles that developed. Many gothic artists are going back and looking into musics of. Middle Ages, esoteric musics, all with the central theme of giving voice to the uncanny of our culture. Now we want to take on Gothic subcultures because we're preparing for an interview that we did Back in March, and we've been sitting on it for a bit until we could do these episodes on gothic, with a young scholar, also at Kingston, who is studying goth music. And her paper was specifically on gothic rock psychedelia, which was really interesting for me. I hadn't heard of it. It gave me an opportunity to explore lots of bands that we will present to you next week, along with the Claire... Bannister interview on gothic rock and psychedelia. But I realized we hadn't really set the scene yet in terms of popular musics of gothic origin and also looking at the various ways that gothic representation and sensibilities have entered into mainstream culture. Now if you were alive in the 80s and heard the Smiths and The Cure and Joy Division and all of these pioneering bands, you know the sound of synthesizers and lovely artificial drum beats were really central to that. So rather than tell you about the connection between current modes of electronic dance music and much earlier music that we associate with the Gothic, I decided to let my favorite DJ here do the explaining for you. If we listen to the artificial, but very resonant sounds here, the way a sense of musical space is conveyed in this artificially generated musical landscape, The voices, the repetitive voices that overlap various times and realities, the relationship is pretty evident. Before we can get to that interview, we need to open out the topic of Gothic subcultures, kind of look at the stereotypes that are contained in them, and push at those a little bit. So what better way to do that by looking at the connection between Gothic music, Gothic subcultures, and desert parties like Burning Man and the myriad smaller events that occur on the west coast of North America. Now one of the most interesting points that Claire brought up early in her interview that I want to address in this episode is the idea we have in academia and in scholarship that if you participate in a subculture... You must not have the kind of critical distance it takes for objective research. Which is funny, because in most other fields one would think, say like medicine, if you were an oncologist who had gone through cancer treatment, it would probably be considered valuable experience in your patient care at the very least. But it is true that there lingers a kind of imaginary distance that scholars feel they have from the objects of their research. And if you visibly occupy a subculture that you describe, this can be held against you, which is, again, we think kind of interesting, but nonetheless old habits run deep. So, when I started to think about the emergence on the west coast of North America in the last several decades of festivals like Lucidity and Symbiosis and Shambhala and, of course, Burning Man... And all of the various Burning Man decompressions and regional parties. And then there are smaller word-of-mouth groups that get together to haul very large sound systems out into the desert and to play music for one another. out both the idea of Gothic subcultures and how they are so much more complex than our typical notion of the 1980s post-punk, that there are now strains of Gothic industrial music and forms of Gothic music that draw heavily on folk traditions of Northern Europe, gothic musical traditions that are much more firmly associated with punk, those that are much more firmly associated with electronica, and certainly there's a lot of overlap between the electronic music scene with its love of artificially created timbres and strict rhythms that mark the techno genre more generally so there is a bit more musical overlap than we might first think the technologies that were explored by the early gothic bands in the 1980s are now very often exploited by the djs at these small and large festivals started presenting at the International Conference on the Fantastic in the Arts, I presented a paper on the improbable desert goth. Now, desert goth, you may think that's a very strange thing to talk about. Surely, we expect to find goths in the club or in the city. Or if we watch South Park, we expect them to go to the mall and burn down the Hot Topic. We don't expect people in Victorian frock coats, corsets, (laughs) never mind PVC, out in the desert, dancing in the dirt, to electronic music like this. but I can assure you from firsthand experience that they are there. So this particular paper that I gave at the International Conference on the Fantastic in the Arts back in 2014 explored the idea of Gothic music and a Gothic subcultural identity. More specifically, wearing the kind of clothes and costumes that we normally associate or that we stereotypically associate, I should not say normally, that we stereotypically associate with Goth or the Gothic. Now, it's obvious that this subculture embodies a myriad of meanings. Indeed, probably as many meanings as they are folks who don any kind of costume to embody an identity. But of course, because this one is so firmly wrapped up around music, it's of particular interest to scholars like me. So I'm actually going to read to you a little bit of what I said about that, mostly because when you're giving a conference paper, it's meant to be read, it's meant to be heard. And so it's a little less strange than reading something into a microphone might seem. I also have to say that reading a paper into a podcast seems like a conspicuous political act at this moment in modern media history. In a TLDR culture where we're much more accustomed to 160 characters. Taking the time to read your own carefully constructed prose is pretty radical, I'll grant you that. And I realize that in this text, I use a lot of big concepts and I refer to Lacan, Zizek, and a bunch of other people, including poet Saul Williams, philosopher and historian Walter Benjamin and I refer to them because they have a lot to say in this discussion but they allow me a level of poetic meaning that I couldn't achieve if I tried to use dry academic prose so if you're not hip to your critical theory don't fear Just let my words wash over you. It's easy to grasp the meaning when you listen in between them. So, anyway, here goes. It is deep within the dirty and imperfect physical of being in the desert. Embodying my own interpretations of steampunk or gothic or Mad Max uncredited extra attire. Whatever feels right at that moment. In which I have found myself deeply immersed as a participant observer. That said, to be honest, this paper is a quixotic attempt at the impossible. ...theorizing embodied experience that I know falls outside the realm of theory. It is truly why I come here. To experience what I cannot fully articulate and yet fully comprehend... I am attempting what Zizek has taught me not to Symbolizing what resists symbolization And worse, doing it with words But doomed to failure is no reason not to try My musician self reassures me We deal with these topics in music all the time Failure can have its own resonant beauty And sometimes comes closer to the point anyway While in a confessional mode, I'll point out that I am also attempting to conflate a wide variety of identities into an umbrella term, goth, or gothic, and then condensing that further into a collection of visual and oral cues that will be absolutely incapable of doing it justice. I'll address this sin and attempt penance later. So we begin with our feet firmly on the dusty ground, our anticipated failure relieving us of the necessity of expectations. Allow me to be your tour guide, pointing out the many features of the material in the landscape, the dark shadows that lurk in the dunes and its many denizens. I'll remind you to look up, Realize that out here, the sky is as vast as the ground. You can see clearly from horizon to horizon. Those low hills silhouetted against the sky are actually hundreds of miles away, but you feel you could reach out and touch them. The low scrub that looks miles away is only a few feet to your left. Slowly, you realize your visual field has reversed. Its effects are stunning and subtle for most, but this landscape phenomenon infects everything we experience in the high desert. Google Earth will never capture this effect. We have to be here. It's why so many of us have come, to experience this shift in perception and let it do its work.
1: This is reality.
0: With shifted perception, let's look at our fellow desert denizens. Those dark silhouettes against the light, and those light silhouettes against the darkness. There may be thousands and thousands of temporary structures, tents, domes, pavilions and stages just before us. There may be massive sculptures of wood and metal, many created with garbage the cast-offs of commercial culture finding their way into the art of this community, created to inspire new ways of seeing the detritus of late capitalism. At the individual level, radical self-expression and radical participation are most evident. Many of your fellow participants will sport a variety of haphazard psychedelia, colorful, flowery, elfin, or fairy attire, Day glow, fabulousness, and lots of skin. These costume choices are quite practical. Temperatures that can reach over 100 degrees with humidity levels in the single digits. They are also quite metaphoric, as ancient collective themes of light and love and transcendence and ascension are lit up everywhere. This is reality. We have to look much closer to see there are dark silhouettes shadowing this brightness. In this sea of twinkly lights and love and gifts and hugs dwell vampires, goths, post-apocalyptic monsters of many stripes embodying what amounts to an ever-present dark side. Out here, far from urban centers and climate control... Embodying the darkness is a highly public and dangerous choice. Why make such a choice when the far easier option is to drown oneself in the light and love of contemporary, post-religious, pan-spirituality and positivity of late capitalism?
1: You know the of This is no state of mind
0: Let's stop our tour here and take a moment to meditate on the goth, steampunk, anachronistic costuming embodiment and what it means in the contemporary imagination, as well as its unique inflection in a landscape that shadows here. But we come to a point that cannot be adequately theorized. So instead... I offer a composed counterpoint between Walter Benjamin, poet Saul Williams, and philosopher Slavoj Žižek that may be useful. Pondering the emergence of steampunk, gothic and futuristic elements on catwalks of the previous decade, it is as if we have collectively considered our modes of material presentation. But the distilled and avant visions of designers hide the methodologies of this attire and thus its potential cultural relevances. In its emergence in past decades from the hands of independent craftspeople, often recycling designs and materials from the past, creating these pieces for individuals, no shop presence. Consider for a moment Benjamin's notion of history as a pile of debris. The angel of Benjamin's poetic reflection wants to go back and fix things, to repair the things that had been broken. Reading this text for the first time after I'd already heard Laurie Anderson's musical interpretation May the moment of discovery at the end of a beloved text empower the work to haunt me on so many more levels. The pile of debris now had a familiar quality in my postmodern life. It took me a moment to realize that this pile of debris had become the material of my entrance into Gothic and burner subcultures. Everywhere, I saw dark angels in the desert adorned with the materials picked from the pile of debris. These dark angels had liberated themselves from concepts of progress, of all things getting better all the time. And so were immune to the storm blowing from paradise. We could go back to the pile of history with no intention to fix things. Only reusing, refashioning, and recycling. The recomposers of individual modes of expression. We fashion the material of history into the present and the future. far more important than it may seem. Consider further that utopian communities attempting radical interventions into mainstream cultures are far from new. These communities have most often failed, if Zizek is correct. For of their lack of accounting for the actual material necessities of existence that form the basis of biological being... Their rejection of the real in favor of the imaginary, as these categories were established by Lacan and further refined by Zizek, have led them consistently into the stagnant waters of utopian dreaming. So holding Benjamin's poem in our minds, let us turn to the words of poet Saul Williams, whose work often explores the role of the, quote, dark side that the light cannot hide, end quote. As a good Taoist, I know there is no light without darkness. There can be no love without apathy. In a late capitalist structure in which the imaginary is the currency of aspirational media, light and love have become sanctified as the only positive ways forward they have become confused with progress itself. Despite, or perhaps more accurately, because they represent impossible ideals of positive without negative, keeping the actual causes of personal and planetary suffering firmly in the realm of the symbolic, relieving individuals of responsibility for change. Many subcultural interventions have subverted when their codes are assimilated into the mainstream media or modes of mainstream fashion. Can this mean that in the impractical and theatrical ambassadorship of light and love's necessary counterparts, darkness and apathy, we find something new? Does their presence signal the potential of a utopia that is not homogenous? Progress without imposing a narrative, and thus stripping experience of its transformative potential. Is the utopian dreaming that Zizek cautions us is ineffective, unavoidable, When the concept of human progress is subverted and replaced with a culture of radical self expression. To quote Saul Williams again shadows have been my spotlight as I monologue the night and dialogue with days, soliloquies of wind and breeze, applauded by sun's rays. Creating opportunities for these concepts to be experienced, embodied, even worn, and not simply thought or described, is the true cultural work this paper seeks to somehow capture. A scholar's mind observing that so many travel great distances so often, organizing life and work around attendance and putting considerable time and effort into the acquisition of supplies, necessities, and costuming to dance in the dead of the night, in demonia boots and Victorian dress. They have been doing it for so many years. Represent such a massive cross-section of humanity, resources, and beliefs. They create a place for darkness in the symbolic order that is so often populated with concepts like light in culture. Standing amongst these people year after year brought me to a realization. My own engagement with this practice My own migration to the desert and these communities was necessitated in many ways by my work theorizing media and culture. The promise that scholarly analysis of cultural objects as collective negotiations of the symbolic order could never get me closer to what it might mean to go beyond this negotiation. I realized that around me, this was precisely what I observed, not articulated, but performed. I come to the desert and these gatherings to embody the desire generated by my cultural analysis, to interrogate the real on its own ground and make it my ground. So I'll leave off quoting the paper there and let the Desert Dwellers track bring us out this week. Here it Sounds Curious, we're particularly interested in illuminating the hidden and listening deeply everywhere we can find an interesting tale. Look for the interview with Claire Wondred talking about goth psychedelia coming out very soon. And of course, don't forget our upcoming interview with Dr. Isabella van Elfren on Gothic Music. Thanks for listening this week. We'll catch you next time.